Coming today on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung. Through Theta Meditation, not only can I transcend this great power and access that I have and awareness, but I create a new baseline every day to plateau and grow, to allow myself to expand, accelerate, compounding all the wonderful lessons that I've learned to aggregate into more that in which I want. In other words, the power of taking possibilities, making them probabilities, probabilities into perspective. So the big questions are these, how can we navigate and negotiate every situation in our lives, in our career, in our businesses, in our relationships, and even with ourselves for our own self-worth? In other words, what if you could win every time and have no losers? Let's face it, we're not negotiating just to buy a car or for a pay raise. We are negotiating for living in every aspect of our lives. How can we do that powerfully, successfully, and victoriously? Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Rebecca Song, and welcome to the time where you negotiate your best life. Welcome to another episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zung. I'm super excited to welcome David Meltzer, who's the co-founder of Sports One Marketing and formerly served as the CEO of the renowned Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment Agency, which was the inspiration for the movie Jerry Maguire. David has been recognized by Variety Magazine as their Sports Humanitarian of the Year and awarded the Ellis Island Medal of Honor. And he is the executive producer of the Bloomberg and Amazon Prime television series, The Two-Minute Drill and Office Hours, which I am going to be on. Super excited about that. And his life's mission is to empower over 1 billion people to be happy, which is super awesome. And um, this simple yet powerful mission has led him on an incredible journey to provide one thing, value. In all his content and communication, that's exactly what you'll receive as part of that mission for the past 20 years. He's been providing free weekly trainings to empower others, to empower people to be happy. So welcome, David. I'm so, so, so honored to have you here. Oh, it's my honor to be here and what a great opportunity to hopefully share some lessons and stories and inspire others with tools and habits in which to effectuate the life they want. Oh, thank you. So a um, couple of cool things that I wanted to share with you. Funny thing, my my husband was a sports agent for a very short period of time. Um, and um, when he took the uh, sports agent exam, he actually sat next to Lee Steinberg when he was retaking the exam. <laughs> yes. Kind of, a, kind of a funny story. Um, so you, we're going to talk about how to shift your energy to, uh, to shift your life. And you have such an interesting background. You were one of six children, um, and your mom was a single mom. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, sure. So, you know, my dad left when I was five and, you know, my mom really, had uh, a few things in mind. One, the fetus wasn't fully developed till after graduate school. Education was everything. 
the way she was going to raise us was with two different philosophies. One was wake us up early. So everyone was up by 5 a.m. Her philosophy was we couldn't have enough energy to get into trouble if she woke us up early. And then two, she was a black belt in the martial arts. So she was a third degree black belt in the martial art of guilt. And so uh, we all... <laughs> Uh, we're raised under waking up early and not wanting to disappoint our mom uh, because she uh, really understood uh, giving everything that she had. What she didn't understand, as I found out later in life, uh, was that you couldn't give what you didn't receive. So my mom gave everything away and ended up diminishing her own capacity uh, and dissipating her own power by always giving everything away uh, and never asking for help or never receiving uh, so she could give more because uh, there's no one I know still in my life that's more unconditional with her giving and unconditional with her love, uh, both obviously uh, synergistic to each other. But uh, an extraordinary mom raised six kids, five of them. Uh, I'd be the one that didn't go to the Ivy Leagues, but five of them all went to the Ivy Leagues. I was the only one uh, not graduating summa cum laude or valedictorian, uh, but nonetheless, uh, living our lives to their fullest, teaching us gratitude and forgiveness and accountability and uh, effective communication throughout our childhood. Wow. I mean, she must have been pretty extraordinary, though. I mean... <laughs> she still have... is. Yeah, she uh, she worked two jobs. She was a second grade teacher. So not only did she raise six children, but she dealt with second graders all day long, came home, packed our dinner into a paper bag many times to fill up turnstiles at greeting cards, uh, convenience stores with greeting cards uh, and having the older siblings teach the younger siblings uh, while we were you know, in this car just so we had enough money to eat. I, so, so incredible. So then you go to law school at Tulane and uh, we have that in common. I, I, we're both, I call recovering attorneys. I, I, was, <laughs> I, I also um, obviously uh, am a lawyer, but I don't practice anymore. I'm still a partner at a firm. Um, and so you go, you decide to go into internet law. Yeah, I decided to sell legal research on the internet in 1992. My mom actually uh, told me not to do that. To, she wanted me to be an oil and gas litigator, made me take the bar, which I'm blessed to pass. But uh, you know, she told me the internet was a fad. It was never going to last. I wouldn't make no money. I was making the biggest mistake of my life, which is you know, to me an extraordinary lesson, right? Just because someone loves you and nobody loves me more than my mom and has sacrificed or invested more in me than my mom throughout my life. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't mean they give you good advice. And so I always say, go to the people that sit in a situation you want to be in, that have situational knowledge, ask them directions on how to get there. Don't always rely on the people that care the most about us. Find the people that know the most about where we want to be and ask them for directions. You know, it's funny. My dad told me the same thing that um, the internet was a fad. I had originally. My dad uh, also came through Ellis Island. My dad was Chinese, and um, came through Ellis Island when he was fifteen. And he also went to. My dad went to Columbia Medical School, um, and uh, I had originally wanted to um, major in um, computer science. And he also told me it was a fad, by the way, uh, and said, no, 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 you know. So in the guise of my Chinese father, 
it was either lawyer or doctor. Those yeah, are the doctor, only two. Doctor, lawyer, or failure. We had yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I have even better. Uh, I presented to the Supreme Court of the United States uh, legal research online, and Justice Scalia at the time looked me right in the eye after I demonstrated how you could do bullion searching and find case law and statutes. West having a monopoly, you know, on both common law and statutory law, federal and state law, just a huge company. He said to me, Nobody will ever do research on a computer. The only way you can do research is a book. And uh, I, le- I met with him later on in life and I told him that story. And he said to me, uh, he said, Dave, you don't tell people that story, do you? I go, any chance I get, my friend, any chance I get. I still, he's passed away. I still tell everyone how Justice Scalia told me that nobody would do research on a computer. Yeah, well, I'm I'm embarrassed to say that when I went to law school, they still had like the pocket parts or whatever in the back of the uh, West, the, yeah, in Nancy. the back of the Westlaw. The uh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I, I, that's all we copied cases and highlighted them, cut and paste them, typed them out on a typewriter. Yeah, I, I hate to age myself, but I'm right there with the advance sheets as well. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I hated those things. So, and you worked for uh, uh, Thompson Reuters, right? You know, Westlaw. Yeah. yeah. So we got bought by Thompson Reuters for $3.4 billion in 1995, became the West Group. And then I worked for Thompson and uh, transferred up to the Silicon Valley to work in the more the internet space, the wireless proxy service space, transcoding uh, the internet onto WAP phones, flip phones, and then became CEO of Samsung. Uh, their phone division by the time I was 30. Um, they're 31 in 1999. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about, um, let's talk about, let's shift into energy and meditation and, um, you know, the, the stuff that I love. Me too. Uh, because I believe that everything is energy and, and that we are all vibrating energy everything is energy and that our thoughts are energy and, and that, that we can shift everything by how we think and, um, and that, you know, that we can, we can shift the world around us. And, and I know that you think this way too. And I've had conversations. This is how I, I ended up getting to talk with Ed Milet on his show and John Gordon on his show and how I got to meet you. And so I'm. Um, I, this is what I want to talk about with you. So because I believe that we can um, really help people in my world. You know, I, I talk about narcissism and negotiation, and I, I know that you can really provide some um, amazing value about that. So talk about that a little bit. Let, first, let's talk about meditation. Let's talk about your meditation practice. Yeah, sure. So my meditation practice is one of theta, T-H-E-T-A meditation uh, based off of vibration and frequency. The idea of theta meditation is that everything in the universe vibrates just as you suggest. The earth vibrates the slowest, then plants, animals, humans, sound, then light, and then thought. The thought that vibrates the fastest is the truth. There's two vibrations or frequencies that people live in when they're on earth. The first is the vibration of the earth, which is based off of the speed of light. 
186,000 miles per second. It's a particle of light that leaves the sun, reaches the earth, which determines the 24-hour clock that we live on, the activities that we get within the context of that 24 hours, and the embodiment uh, in the journey of the embodiment that we have within the context of those 24 hours. Then we also have a brain that has thoughts, and these thoughts pursue the truth. Uh, the ego itself creates interference between us and the truth, all based on frequency and vibration. We can only be aware of that which vibrates equal to or less than us. So via theta meditation, uh, 20 minutes of meditation every day as I wake up at 4 a.m., which is regulated by my unwinding routine, uh, which is part of my meditative practice, meaning that I put my mind, my body, and my soul in a position not only to recover, uh, but also to access the great source of omniscient power, all-knowing power that I am connected to and through at all times. So I use this theta meditation to raise my awareness to the information that's been transcended to me or through me from the all-powerful, almighty, omniscient source uh, so that I can be more aware aware of when to buy or sell, aware of who is bleeding me and who is feeding me, aware of opportunities and options, aware of the four most significant things in my life, which is food, water, air, and sleep. One of the biggest quandaries that I have in my entire life is how the majority of people in this world go to sleep, go to bed, to rest, and wake up more tired than when they went to bed. It's because they don't understand the meditative or vibration or frequency aspect of recovery. And so theta meditation is the most essential thing that allows me not only to be aware of more of the pursuit of my potential, but more importantly, creates a new baseline. See, most people live their life as a tube, food in, food out, paycheck in, paycheck out. They live the myth of Sisyphus that Camus wrote about in The Stranger. They push a boulder to the top of the hill. You see this in the law profession. I promise that you're firm that you're of counsel too. You have a bunch of lawyers that push a boulder to the top of the hill every day for 12 hours of billables just to have it roll down to the bottom of the hill at the beginning of the next day. See, through theta meditation, not only can I transcend this great power and access that I have and awareness, but I create a new baseline every day to plateau and grow, to allow myself to expand, accelerate, compounding all the wonderful lessons that I've learned to aggregate into more that in which I want. In other words, the power of taking possibilities, making them probabilities, probabilities into perspective. Mm. I love the quote, who's bleeding me and who's feeding me. That is so... I'm totally remembering that forever. Um, so I, I want to make sure that I go back and highlight, I have in my notes how you went, how you had these, this moment in, 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 your, in your history of in, uh, your bad behavior back in 2007 and how you went bankrupt in 2009. Can you talk about your low energy time and, and how you shifted during that time period in your life. Yeah, just like positive behavior aggregates upon itself, which is how I ended up to be a multimillionaire by the time I was 30, married to my dream girl, and then having three gorgeous daughters and everybody healthy, happy, wealthy, and worthy. 
but I started to surround myself with the wrong people and the wrong ideas. Not only was I a multimillionaire, but I was running the most notable sports agency in the world. I had access to things that even the most wealthy people on earth couldn't go to. The sidelines at the Super Bowl, the Pro Bowl, the Masters, Kentucky Derby, things like the Breeders' Cup, the ESPYs, Emmys, Oscars, Grammys. And so through all of this money and all of this access, I lost my appreciation. I took for granted what other people were wishing for. Even worse, I was taking for granted what I was wishing for. So I started surrounding myself with the wrong people and the wrong ideas. And but for a few uh, circumstances, uh, there's a book that Stephen Hertz wrote called Don't Take Yes for an Answer. I had a few people in my life that wouldn't let me take yes for an answer. One, my father who at 30 told me I was lost, that money didn't buy me love. He gave me a jacket for a birthday present. He hadn't given me a birthday present in 20 years, but it had no pockets to remind me that I couldn't take anything with me when I was gone, to remind me I was not supposed to be the richest man in the cemetery, to remind me that money doesn't buy love or happiness. And when he informed me of this, I told him I hated him. I couldn't believe that he would punish me like this. How dare him tell me how to live my life? He was the liar, the cheater, the manipulator, the overseller, the back-end seller. He was nothing like me. And in six years later, in 2006, my best friend Robbie decided you know, he was going to tell me the truth and told me he would not go to the masters with me, he told me he didn't want to go because he didn't like what I was doing and who I was surrounding myself with. And I left hurt, crushed. I couldn't believe, you know, that he would tell me the truth. In fact, he actually said to me, David, you can lie to me all you want, but stop lying to yourself. Two weeks after that, my life would change. When I came home from lying to my wife, I told her I had a business meeting, but I went to the Grammy Awards with a rapper named Little John. And we had partied all night till 5.30 in the morning. I came home completely inebriated, just a wreck. And there was my unbelievable, beautiful, intelligent wife to tell me she wasn't happy and telling me that if I didn't take stock in who I was and what I wanted to become, that not only was she leaving, but I'd end up dead. Coming up, more on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung. I looked over in my closet and sure enough, there was that jacket that my father gave me to remind me. I looked at that jacket and I realized instantly, I don't hate my dad. I don't hate my best friend, Rob. I don't hate my wife. I hated myself. I was the liar, the cheater, the manipulator, the overseller, the backend seller, and I hated myself. And so that's where I went on a journey in 2006. Even though I went bankrupt in 2000, late 2008, 2009, finalized it, um, my journey started by shifting that mindset, my energy uh, to gratitude and forgiveness, accountability and effective communication. I was no longer gonna look outside of me for happiness. When it comes to the safety of a child in a divorce case involving alcohol abuse, there is no compromise. Take back power, strength and truth from the narcissist in your life with documented proof of sobriety. Soberlink's alcohol monitoring system is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to provide evidence that they're not drinking when a child's safety is at risk. Soberlink's real-time alerts make it easy to negotiate with any party. 
Judges rest assured that the child is safe. Attorneys get court admissible evidence of sobriety and both parents have empowerment and peace of mind. I created this community to provide support for divorced moms like me, which is why I partnered with Soberlink to create the resource Tips for Negotiating with a Narcissist. To download the guide and get $50 off your Soberlink device, visit www.soberlink.com forward slash negotiate. Are you struggling with how to negotiate and win? Maybe you're dealing with a personality that's particularly challenging like a narcissist or other high conflict personality and you're feeling powerless. Make sure to download my free Win My Negotiation Cheat Sheet at www.winmynegotiation.com. Take a listen to our archive where you can listen to more episodes that show you the path to how to negotiate your best life. Everything that you've conditioned yourself to be to, to that point is not permanent. It's just that it's conditioning, right? And the same way is people think change takes so long. It doesn't. There's a misconception. Like you said earlier in the conversation, you can reprogram, rewire your brain. You can change what you associate pain and pleasure to. You can change your perception of how you see the world. And now we return to today's show. Even at that time, I wasn't ready to hear the truth. Everybody had been telling me yes for the last 10 years, accepting all my gifts and bribes and all the lost behaviors that I had. And until I woke up the next morning, ready to call a lawyer to figure out how I was going to take her happiness, uh, I looked over my closet. And sure enough, there was that jacket that my father gave me to remind me. I looked at that jacket and I realized instantly, I don't hate my dad. I don't hate my best friend, Rob. I don't hate my wife. I hated myself. Mm -hmm. I I was the liar, the cheater, the manipulator, the overseller, the backend seller, and I hated myself. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I went on a journey in 2006. Even though I went bankrupt in late 2008, 2009, finalized it, Um, my journey started by shifting that mindset, my energy, uh, to gratitude and forgiveness, accountability, and effective communication. I was no longer going to look outside of me for happiness. I was going to look inside of me. I was going to give meaning to everything I see. I shifted the paradigm of energy, uh, in line with this show. So I used to work so hard to try to get happy, try to get healthy, try to get wealthy try to get worthy. And once I realized that there's an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that cared about me as much as I cared about my own children, I realized that I am happy. I am healthy. I am wealthy. I am worthy. I just had to figure out what I was doing to interfere with it. And that shift in perspective allowed me to change my energy and frequency to start surrounding myself with the right people, the right ideas. 80% of people's time, emotion, value, and money is spent on people bleeding them. Whether it's a professional or a personal attribute, they are not aware of that which feeds us. And so I've shifted my mindset. I've changed the way I look at things. And sure enough, the things I look at change. And I sit here today on a mission to empower over a billion people to make a lot of money, 
which now I make more money than I ever have to help a lot of people to have a lot of fun. And those are the three components of my mission to empower others, to empower others, which is why I'm on the show. Because Rebecca, you absolutely are someone empowering so many people to be happy, to empower them, to shift their mind, to change the way they look at things. And sure enough, the things you look at are changing. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I know that, um, you know, you talk about giving all the time and I know for me, it's like the more that I give, the more that it's shifted for me. I mean, I, I have almost 2 million views a month on my YouTube channel right now because of the more I give, the more it, it shifts for me. Um, and, and you talk about the three types of energies people live in. Um, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. The three different energetic worlds that we live in. See, first of all, there's two currencies in the world. There's money that exists at the speed of light. It's an objective energy. Money is an objective energy that we put into the flow to get what we want. And then faith is the currency of thoughtfulness. Faith is the currency that says that there is an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that cares about us as much as we care about our children. Faith is an object of energy as well that we put into the flow to get what we want. But some people live in the energetic world of not enough. No matter what they have, they live in scarcity. They focus in on what other people want for them. They live in comparison that robs their joy. They focus in on what's missing or what they don't want. In a world of scarcity, it's a why me world. Uh, and there's some people, as I had lived myself in a different world called just enough. Uh, the world of just enough is there's just enough for me. People are in a facade uh, of giving. They think they're philanthropic and humanitarian. They uh, you know, think everything, they're very optimistic, uh, but everything is for them. Uh, and everything comes for them. And so they end up buying things they don't need when they're not happy, they buy more things. When they're not happy, they buy different things. When they're not happy, they buy things to impress other people. They even buy things to impress people they don't like. Uh, the world of For Me has limits to it. It doesn't live with abundance. It doesn't live in the understanding that there's an all-powerful, omniscient, all-knowing source that will provide you everything. Because there is a world that I live in now called abundance, a world of more than enough. More than enough of everything for everyone. It requires both currencies, money and faith. It requires the unbelievable faith that there's more than enough. And in order to live in this world, everything has to come through you. And what that means is that, number one, we have to appreciate what we have first. Uh, when we appreciate what we have, appreciation is the process of adding value. So we add value to what we have and it expands then the only way to know what we have is to acknowledge it, acquire the knowledge of what we have. And the only way that we as humans can acquire the knowledge of what we have is to give it away. So now when we give it away, the third step is to ask for help, to ask for more. See, if we don't ask or receive, our capabilities will diminish, dissipate. So the wonderful mom who gives everything that she has and doesn't take care of herself because she's so busy at taking care of her second graders, so busy taking care of her children, she ends up what? Having to be taken care of by her children, by her community, because she's not healthy, she's not wealthy, she's not worthy, all of those things because she's given it away with great intention. 
See, it's a process to number one, be aware of what we have to acknowledge it. I mean, to uh, appreciate it, then acknowledge it to give away, but you have to learn to receive because now we can receive more because we have a bigger vessel, appreciate more, acknowledge more, ask for more, appreciate it, acknowledge it, ask for more. This is the world of abundance, living in the currencies of faith and money where everything comes through you with appreciation, acknowledgement, and only continues in the flow to create more energy, to create more energy. That's how abundance is created. You can live in between limitlessness and infinity in the world of more than enough. Mm, so true. So good. Uh, I want to make sure I have a chance to ask you about the role that gratitude plays in your life. Gratitude's everything. Uh, you know, I've been blessed. I sit on the Transformational Leadership Council with the world thought leaders, the Bob Proctors, the Jack Canfields, the Deepak Chopras, the Oprah Winfrey's, the John Astaroff's, the amazing thought leaders in this world. Uh, and it's amazing. Not only do all of them agree that gratitude is the most powerful thing in the world, that gratitude can change everything in your life. Gratitude being the superpower to find the light, the love, and the lessons in whatever you want to find. And I tell people all the time, there's love, light, and lessons in everything. You have to determine whether it's worth it or not to find it. Some things are inherent that we've inherited genetically or energetically. There's certain things that we just automatically love and we automatically can find the light in it, the lessons in it. It's inherent in our quantum being and other things we have to work at to find. Uh, and then we have to decide, is this something according to our what or who or how and our now to apply the why to, to find it or not. And then in order to see gratitude, it's a practice. Uh, it's a practice of saying thank you before you go to bed and when you wake up. If you do it for 30 straight days, I guarantee it will change your life. I tell other people all the time, hey, email me, david at dmelzer.com. If you can say thank you for 30 straight days, I'll sign a book, send it to you. And pay for shipping in the book, not a problem. But here's the funniest thing. By tonight, even though everyone on earth agrees gratitude is free, everyone on earth agrees that gratitude takes about 0.1 seconds. And everyone agrees that it will change your life for the better. By tonight, half of us won't say thank you. By tomorrow morning, another half of us won't say thank you. Within three days, I've studied metaphysics, quantum physics, physics. I've surrounded myself with these world thought leaders. Nobody disagrees about the power of gratitude, but within three days, almost all of us won't say thank you. I've given you the greatest gift, the easiest gift, the least expensive gift in the world, one of gratitude and a practice in which to effectuate it. But yet our ego will tell us, no, I'd rather focus in on what's missing, what I don't have, what other people want for me. I'd rather live in blame, shame, and justification instead of seeking the light, the love, and the lessons in everything and living in the world of more than enough. Gratitude is the cornerstone of everything I do. It is my superpower tied to kindness. It is within and inherent of the comments and my favorite quote of being kind to your future self, do good deeds. 100%. And I have to tell you, I... I interviewed Bob Proctor at the beginning of this year. I'm almost at the end of this year now. And I interviewed him in the beginning of January of this year. 
It, it literally was one of the most life-changing experiences of my life. I got off the interview. He sat there and coached me for an hour. I didn't even ask him to. He made me sit there and say, promise me that I would write 10 things every day that I was grateful for. I still have done it every single day at the beginning of the day. And, you know, it has totally changed my life. And I'm so I'm telling you, everybody, please listen to David Meltzer and do it. It will change your life because it puts you in a state of receiving. You have to be in a state of receiving and it will take you out of the once I get there then I will be happy because you will never get there. <laughs> you have to be in the now. Now yeah. is when you will be happy. There's right? no pursuit of happiness. Uh, Chris Gardner is a good friend of mine, the man who wrote the book in the movie Pursuit of Happiness. And I always joke with him, you wrote the wrong title. And he said, what do you mean? I said, it's not the pursuit of happiness. It's happiness is the pursuit. You need to enjoy through gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and effective communication. You need to enjoy the consistent everyday, persistent without quit, pursuit of your own happiness, pursuit of your own potential, pursuit of your own truth. And that's where energy plays this integral part in raising our awareness and effectuating our mindset, our heart set, and our handset so that we can have everything that we dream of to be happy and to, in this world, make a lot of money, help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. Yeah, because you know, you'll know you never get there. You'll never get, because the, 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 if, if that's your state of being is that it's, it's someday, you'll never get there. Yep. Can't you have attach to, your emotions it has to be to now. Yeah, you can't attach your emotions to an outcome. It'll never get there. The world is limitless. So there'll always be more. And so we need to stay present through knowing our what or who or how and determining what's the most important in our now by applying the why, not searching for the why. There is no end to the why. Yeah, so that's all your, everybody's homework is to start today writing 10 things a day that you're grateful for. So, and just start meditating, even if it's like a minute a day, start with a minute a day, work up to 10 minutes a day, work up to 20 minutes a day, but start today with just a minute or two and then writing things that you're grateful for. Listen to David Meltzer uh, and then go do his free things. He's got three meditations. Listen, so I know you've, you've got some free things. Talk about those things. Yeah, thank you, Rebecca. So I've been doing training for over 21 years for free every Friday. Uh, it's also on, I have a top podcast called The Playbook. So it uh, is replayed there every Monday. It's my top downloaded podcast, even more than the billionaires, millionaires, entrepreneurs, celebrities, athletes, and entertainers that are sharing their playbooks to success. That training has become a great source to empower people, to empower other people. Um, and then I give my books for free, ebook, audiobook. I sign copies, send them, pay for shipping in the book. All you have to do is email me, david at dmelzer.com. We have over 50,000 people that register every Friday for free training. Uh, so join the collective consciousness. 
learn how to make money, help people have fun. We have all types of killer trainings from sales training to time management training to the cobbler kids have no shoes training, the ultimate ego training. I've been doing them for a long time. You'll really enjoy it and we'll enjoy having you either live or on the replay. Uh, Rebecca, I appreciate you having me on here, especially you're incredible. I can't wait to have you on office hours. Thank you so much. Reach out to me, david at dmelzer.com. Absolutely. Go follow him, check him out, watch his stuff, sign up for it. He is absolutely amazing. You will be inspired. You will be empowered. It will change your life. So go do it. Check, check, you know, take advantage of his free stuff because it will definitely make an incredible impact on your life. Thank you so much, David Meltzer. You are amazing. So are you. I look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for stopping by and listening to this episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zung. Check back next Monday for more inspirational pearls of wisdom. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, I'd love if you would give it a five-star rating and tell me what you liked in a review on iTunes. Also, be sure to grab your winning negotiation cheat sheet at winmynegotiation.com. And remember, today is a perfect day to start negotiating your best life.